This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L. It fuses streaming and free-to-air TV into a single experience, which means you don't have to go in and out of apps to discover content you'll love. Hubble, it's TV and streaming made easy. Good morning, I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday, the 10th of January. In your Squiz Today, a moon mission springs a leak. Cash for killers, job losses in WA, and the end of a beautiful sporting relationship. This is your Squiz Today. America is in for a year of space missions, but Claire, their year has not started very well. Yesterday, a craft named the Peregrine, which was meant to land on the moon, it had a successful launch, but just seven hours later, the mission team said that the Peregrine likely wouldn't make it all the way to the moon. And an interesting thing to note is that while NASA was involved in this moon mission, it is actually being led by a private company. Yeah, and that company's name is Astrobotic Technology. They're one of those new wave of private US space companies that work together with NASA on whatever space mission it is that they want to do. Um, If their mission was successful, it would have been the first moon landing for the United States in 50 years. But unfortunately, the information that has been sent back already is that the spacecraft failed to point its solar panels towards the sun and then it also suffered what they call a critical loss of propellant. Um, The craft had been meant to land on the moon on the 23rd of February, but touchdown is now looking unlikely. Likely. You do really need that propellant to get to the moon, mm, I'm sure. Pretty important. Instead, the mission has been pivoted into a data retrieval project, but they are taking it on the chin. Shortly after Astrobotics' announcement that all wasn't going well, NASA's Joel Kern said that the setback was an opportunity to, quote, learn and grow. He said, space is hard. We support our vendors and look forward to learning all we can. Yep, space is hard. And (laughs) as for these other missions that are coming down the pipeline, NASA also has its own mission to get astronauts back to the surface of the moon. If they do that, that would be the first time since 19. 1972. That's the Artemis II mission. The goal for that was to have four astronauts launched into space by November this year, but it looks like it's also hit a snag. NASA is tipped to announce that there's a months-long delay because more time is needed to make things safe. And Claire, the Americans don't get all the fun. Let's not forget Australia's own moonlander, which was named Rover in a public vote run by the Australian Space Agency last year. That mission is tipped to launch in 2026. If you're into crime podcasts or amateur sleuthing, police across Australia have begun flashing some serious cash in the hopes of catching alleged murderers. Both New South Wales and Queensland police are offering rewards in the hundreds of thousands of dollars for cold cases. Yeah, and let's start in New South Wales. Police there have been looking for James Dalla Magnus since 1999. He's suspected of the stabbing death of George Giannopoulos in a Sydney nightclub. Uh, Officers believe that Dalla Magnus Led to Greece. Authorities in Greece are more than willing to prosecute him, but they haven't found him, which is why they've reinstated a $200,000 award. Uh, it's also being pushed right now because the 25-year statute of limitations is approaching in Greece. 
The other case is the disappearance of Leslie Ball, who was a Queenslander who vanished near Townsville in 1993. Now, Ball's body has never been found, and Queensland police aren't on the hunt for a specific suspect. Rather, they are offering a $500,000 reward for information leading to a conviction. Claire, there's an alumina refinery in Western Australia that is going to dramatically scale down its operations by September of this year. The Alcoa plant south of Perth says it'll stop producing alumina after 60 years of doing so, which will mean that 750 people will lose their jobs. Yeah, and that number rises to 1,000 workers when you include contractors. But I guess, Alex, before we get too much further into this, we should talk about what alumina is. It's the main (laughs) component of aluminium. It takes a lot of energy to produce it. And to that point, Alcoa says that the closure of the plant is down to rising production costs. Also, the age of their plant has made it inefficient. So Alcoa made a $200 million loss on that refinery last year. What Premier Roger Cook says is that it was a disappointing decision. He expects, though, Alcoa to do everything it can to support the workforce through the transition. Alcoa employs nearly 5,000 people in Australia, most of them in Western Australia. And the company's Mike Reed says the closure won't impact its other refineries in the state. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more. Claire, I keep a bottle of water in my car just in case of the apocalypse, but it turns out that I might also be keeping a bottle full of nanoplastics. That's at least according to new research from Columbia and Rutgers University researchers in the US. But what is a nanoplastic? (laughs) I thought we might start on what is your version of the apocalypse, but (laughs) nanoplastics is is just as good a place to start. So it's a particle that's less than a micron in size. And for those without an advanced science degree, a micron is a millionth of a metre. For reference, a human hair is about 70 microns in diameter. Um, The finding from the researchers after testing different brands of bottled water water was that the water contained an average of 240,000 pieces of nanoplastic per litre. And they said that the next question to look at is whether those nanoplastics are harmful or not, with the fear being that they might be small enough to be able to get into individual cells. Now, I am not an expert in that, but the experts do say that a great alternative to plastic bottles is a nice reusable metal or glass or ceramic bottle. Yeah, I think my cupboards are full of them, actually. (laughs) 
One of sport's longest commercial marriages has ended with Tiger Woods splitting from Nike after 27 years. And look, Tiger Woods is known for his fairly turbulent relationships, but it seems the one he had with Nike for all that time was very stable and very happy. Um, He signed on with the company when he turned pro in the 90s. You might remember his polo shirts were adorned with the Nike swoosh. It became a bit of an iconic sporting image over the years. Um, $750 million was what Woods made out of the deal, and it helped propel him to become one of golf's first billionaires. It also gave Nike a foothold in the sport that they hadn't really been associated with before. Um, If you watched Air, the movie that Prime Amazon put out about Nike getting into basketball. Mm. I'm waiting for the movie now about how they got into golf because it's a pretty interesting story. Um, Nike also stood by Woods through his ups and downs, including when he was caught in that cheating scandal, um, which really damaged his clean-cut image. They also saw him through his recent injuries after a car crash. But Claire, even though that relationship with Nike is now over, Tiger Woods said as recently as November last year that he is not yet done with competitive golf. He says that he will stick around as long as he believes that he can still win. Claire, I don't know if we should be talking about competitors, but I guess it's news that Queen Camilla has just launched her own podcast called The Queen's Reading Room. Yeah, I've got the feeling that the podcasting world is big enough for the Squiz and Queen Camilla. I think (laughs) we can both exist side by side. Um, She's barely on the podcast, though. I don't want to talk it down before it's even really launched. But um, in this first episode, anyway, her voice is on it for just two minutes. It's basically a book club. It's something that she launched during COVID. So it's taking it into the world of podcast. Um, It's an interview podcast with famous people about books. So yeah, if that's your jam, could be your thing. Could could be, but I don't know. Stick with us. <laughs> Squiz the day, Claire. What is on the agenda today? Look, there's some economic data. I know, you know, we've been almost three weeks or so without following the Bureau of Stats <laughs> too carefully. So you'll be thrilled to know that the monthly consumer price index indicator for November is out today. Um, also a look at job vacancies for November. So get strapped in for that. We are right back into the swing of the news once you're hearing about economic data. <laughs> that is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Hi there, it's Bryce from Squiz Kids, the daily news podcast for small people. March is Women's History Month and we're celebrating over on our socials. Every weekday this month, we're throwing the spotlight on a different iconic woman from Australia's rich history. Follow us on Instagram via the handle at Squiz Kids to learn the backstories of some incredible Aussie women and together honour their legacies.